and welcome, citizens of Dark Rose City. You have arrived at episode 46 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E., and I'm joined by my co-host... Victor Young. If you are new to this show, this is a podcast with two nitty guys with themselves, a nice hot cup of coffee. And we sit down to break down, analyze, and we discuss some of the new comic books coming to the local comic shop. So the coffee we'll be brewing today is called Ethiopia Artie, roasted by Seth Taylor, Coffee by Design. And the comics we'll be discussing today are Batman number 64, Green Lantern number 4, Justice League number 17, Young Justice number 2, Daredevil number 1, and Die number 3. I thought you, when you said it was roasted by Seth Taylor, it was roasted just by one guy. Like, but then I realized that that's just the name of the company. Uh, yeah. It could, I mean, it could still very well just be one guy. Yeah. I mean, the picture shows one guy <laughs> <laughs> smiling. So. Yeah. It's the same, same idea. Kate Spade. True. One person made all the handbags. <laughs> <laughs> also, Mark Jacobs by Mark Jacobs. <laughs> he of, made himself. He made <laughs> so another long list of books this week uh we have six books lined up lots to talk about lots of big things happening and of course anytime there's a green lantern book there's going to be quite a bit to talk about um so if you like this show please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice we can be found on podcast services all around the world and alongside with hitting that subscribe button let us know how we're doing by hitting the itunes and let us uh let us know how we're doing with a review with the rating you know Whatever you can do. And make sure you tell everyone about the podcast. You know, so on and so not forth. Not to put too much on your plate. Yeah, not to, not to give her any pressure or anything. Yeah. None of that. <laughs> okay, so before we go and do that, let's catch up a bit. How's your week, man? How's your uh, week, I've been busy, man. Just been uh, been working. Been working a lot. Uh, it's at the point of life where you just work, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay because... Uh, I still got Dokkan. <laughs> just, just, yeah, I fair just, enough. I just love how you can just uh, just pick it up and put it down. Uh, I will say Dokkan. Now that I've tried a few other gacha games, yeah, Dokkan is it's the best. It's the best one. It's the best. See, every time you tell me about another gacha game, you're like, "Oh, Vic, man, you gotta check this out, man. The Sword Art one, you gotta check it out, bro. Fire Emblem, you gotta check it out, bro." I, I just know deep in my heart just like, he's gonna come back he's he's gonna play for a bit it's gonna catch his eye and it's like he's gonna come it's back because because it's not the same it's it's not the there, same there's just something that Dokkan does right about I gotcha. think the simplicity of Dokkan is what is really it's simple in it's like it's simple in the fact that you're not just sitting there playing like a video game like a full right. on right you know hardcore game but like it's it's taken this simple mechanic of like just matching up orbs and popping yeah. bubbles, but like then it adds in like the hype of the animation, yeah, and then and all that other cool stuff, and then you just get all these really cool units and stuff like that, and it's yeah. one of those games like I don't know why we're talking about this now after like forty five weeks of talking about Dokkan, but <laughs> but um you don't actually have to play Dokkan to play Dokkan you know what I mean yeah like you can do other stuff while playing Dokkan so you can like multitask oh yeah 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 and it's like you just achieve your missions while not really putting in a lot of effort <laughs> if that makes any sense right like yeah it's, no sometimes I sit in front of the TV and I play NBA and then as I'm playing like you'll just put if like, I foul somebody or someone fouls me yeah and you like, just like uh, then I just go click, down click, you know, on, click some, on the bubble uh, on the bubble, pop the yeah. bubble That's let it. the animation do its thing and then I go back and play hey 
they've yeah. perfected the formula, I believe. Yeah. It is one of the more polished uh, gotcha games, I will say. Right. Um, and by the time this episode goes up, I believe the uh, the movie banners will have dropped. Get out of town. Really? I think so. I think it's, Before Tuesday? Uh, I think it might be. It's Sunday today. I think it might be on Tuesday. Just just so the listeners know, it's Sunday today. I think it might be on Tuesday. But when they do Tuesday, is that like a Monday night 2 a.m. thing? Or Mm -hmm. like a... No, I think it's like a Tuesday night sort of thing. Okay, so we'll we'll see you Wednesday morning. I believe. I mean, don't don't quote me, but I believe... Because all these events end on the 12th. Listeners, Victor sounds very sure right now that it's coming for that day. Um, Let's hope... (laughs) <laughs> it is not disappointing news for me. I mean, I've been saving stones but for uh, <laughs> for like a really long time. So yeah, I know. Me too. I, I haven't caught up I, to you. I think yeah. I, I've the most stones I've ever had. So <laughs> in fact, I had to take a picture of it. Uh, but regardless, uh, that's really that. It's all that's really happened for me. It's a it's a it's a very no, it's, uh, cool, it's a very real life kind of week. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But you, I know you for a fact have a lot of things to say. <laughs> so. Which, um, so the Division Private Beta came out. Um, so I won't really talk about the game much because I don't know if we're really supposed to be talking about much of the game. But um, I will say it's it's not the most flawless Private Beta. Uh, crashed a few times. Obviously with like stuff like that, you're going to experience bugs, right? But it was to a point where <laughs> there's one bug that I encountered, this one crash that I encountered it was so bad Um so I, I got in. I'm inside this little place, and then I right. got into a thing, right. and we're loading up to the last boss. So yeah. like we're, you know, and then the door opens, and then my entire screen goes white. Now, <laughs> now, mind you, this I was playing this at like one a.m. Yeah, you know, uh, I was playing downstairs, lights off, wife's asleep, and sitting there just on my keyboard playing, and out of nowhere, boom, white screen, fifty-five inch TV, white, just white, bright white. You don't hear sounds. I got, nothing. dude. I got. I felt like I got flashbang in real life. Because <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm like sitting in front of my TV and the whole thing goes white and I'm just like, uh, uh. <laughs> and then the screen didn't come back. So, but you didn't hear any sounds. Nothing. nothing. So it went like it went like. It went, I, I was gonna say it went dark, but it, I think it's like the opposite. The opposite. Like I entered heaven. <laughs> it was that. It was crazy. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and, it would, and then the room was dark I, too. I feel like it. heaven would would be a little bit more exciting than that. <laughs> well, it'd be that, but then immediately it would change into like you know stairway, <laughs> angels, and stuff like that. But this was not. This was just flashbang. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, yeah. yeah that's so that was the crash, and then eventually they fixed that. But then I crashed later on, so it was like it wasn't that smooth. See, like I don't see. I don't have a very good computer. It's old. I mean, it still runs a lot of AAA titles of today, which is actually amazing because that thing is almost... It's like a... Well, let me put it to you this way. I have a second generation i7 in there. They're on their ninth generation right now. So it's been it's been a little while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a little while. Um, so f- for me to even tr- attempt to run the beta of Division 2 after hearing everybody have all these problems with it i'm just not confident i'm gonna have a good time so Mm -hmm. i'm just not even gonna try it yeah i mean on top of the fact that i mean it's hard for me to find the time anyway yeah not to to, 
sound like oh my god he's so important but uh <laughs> but uh it is a bit of a time sink they added quite a bit of quite well, a bit of well new the, cool the, the original that, division was already such a such a huge time i mean we were on that like oh yeah every day five six hours a day yeah 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 right uh for at least three months yeah so that was a huge time sink for all of us yeah yeah um but I, I mean, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'll. I don't know. Maybe I'll try. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it, it all depends. It really all depends on my if computer. If like an open beta com- comes out, maybe. If I yeah. well, yeah. Well, I, I I have the invitation for the closed beta. Oh, then just okay. Then so just, I I mean, yeah. we'll see, right? It all depends if my computer wants I mean, it's to done like, by tomorrow. Wants to like work. If my computer oh. <laughs> wants to like work. I mean, yeah. Maybe I'll or just wait for the the open beta if it's if it's done by tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. But it is what it is. Oh, oh my gosh, this. Uh, those intros running a little long. Oh well, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, let's go brew that coffee. We'll come back. This yeah, this has gone on for a while. So we'll <laughs> be hop right, right back. To comics. <laughs> and we're at the comic segment. And what we do in this segment is we take some of the newest comic books at the local comic shop. And we break them down. We talk about it. We talk about some of the themes, and we talk about some of the cool plot stuff. And. Uh, we hope you enjoy cool our discussion. Stuff. <laughs> but before we get couldn't into, have, couldn't huh? have laid it out any better. <laughs> you, you know, sometimes you just gotta, it's <laughs> gotta tell it as it is. You know. But before we get into our comics, let's, uh, Victor, tell us a little bit about the coffee we'll be having throughout this segment. Our coffee this week, yes, sir, is from Mister Seth Taylor himself. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. It's like what? It's like. It's like buying a handbag, but we're drinking coffees instead. So what? Like it's okay. it's 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 weird. There's zero relation other than the fact that it's like a brand name. Right. right okay. The yeah, guy yeah. is using his own name as the brand name, which is it's recognizable. Yeah. Right. So anyway, <clears throat> the coffee this week is called Ethiopia Ardi from the region of Ardi Sedamo in. Ethiopia, Ethiopia, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been roasted by Seth Taylor. Coffee by design. Uh, Actually, very close to here in uh, Oakville, Ontario. Oh, it's in Oakville? Yeah, so literally like, uh, what is that, like 35 minutes minutes west from here? Uh, I would say. uh, Like 45 minutes, maybe. Oh, okay. I would say like 45 minutes. Overestimate that a little bit. Maybe like an Uh, hour, give or take. From here? Yeah, like 45, uh, yeah, yeah, 45 yeah, yeah, minutes. Because yeah, yeah. you got to get out of Mississauga, right? So Yeah. yeah. Um, so far, very good. This is probably... I would say this one's the second best coffee we've had on the show. Behind um, Lemon Tea Daydream? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That one will always be number one. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll never get hands on again. But uh, <laughs> but that's... that's or the, we the, can the, just <laughs> order it from that. Yeah, we could do that too. <laughs> but that's uh, that's our coffee for this week. All right, so before we start talking about comics, spoiler alert, do note that because of the way we'll be breaking down some of these books, because of the way we'll be talking about the plot of these books, we will have to give away plot points, so there will be spoilers in the show. If you have not read any of these books, go to your local comic shop, pick up these books, buy them, take them home, take them out of the bag, read them, and then once you're done reading them, close them up, put them back in the bag, seal it up, put it on your shelf or in your long box, wherever you want to put them. I almost knocked over Whoa, my cup. That would have been real bad. That would, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a mess. Um, 
so yeah once you finish doing that then you know come back and listen to the show and we hope this conversation that we'll be having will be engaging for you and if you have anything you want to add to the show as well just make sure you send us an email contact at darkgrosscomics.com okay so the first book we'll be talking about today is batman number 64 now this is a little bit different as this story is taken out of the nightmares arc so we're not in the nightmares arc anymore this is like sort of like standalone story so right now it's far removed very far removed. it's like uh like a third cousin like third cousin's (laughs) roommate's drummer like it's it's very far (laughs) like it's it's very far um in a sense that uh okay so the idea (laughs) it's a batman flash crossover so it's like a four issue crossover i believe and originally it was going to be written by tom king and joshua williamson and because tom king has stated on twitter that in the solicits he's not on these books because he has some secret tv stuff quote unquote to to work on so joshua williamson decided to just write the whole thing for him basically like to write his part and tom king's part because he wanted to give him time off to be able to work on his stuff so joshua williamson stepped in and wrote the whole thing so this story is not part of nightmares if you're expecting this to connect to nightmares don't however he did do a very good job very good job (laughs) it started wonky for me and then they quickly adjust the course. I think it's just because it's it's just tough to find a good intro into a story like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they started off uh, fighting off uh, these individual am- amazos, um, which is ironic because they're each worse than the original amazo. <laughs> because the original yeah. amazo had all of their powers into one into one entity yeah whereas it just, it's just each individual mazel with one of each of their powers which is so stupid here's um, how we defeat the league power them down <laughs> we make six of them <laughs> it's like how are we gonna fight ourselves no problem just rotate <laughs> fight somebody else <laughs> which is exactly what they did so yeah. <laughs> uh, so i was not a fan of this particular uh, way of starting the comic, but I guess it's one of those like run of the mill type fights. Like it's just one of those things they had to deal with. Yeah, well, they needed a uh, they needed Batman to segue into something from something, right? Yeah. So this yeah. was just the dis- direction they decided to go, and I- I'm not a fan of it. They could have picked a literally anything else, but because this is not. I don't even feel like this was a Justice League problem. Like it honestly seemed like Superman himself could have just taken them all out. Well, he pretty easily. <laughs> he took out the Superman. Yeah, he took Amazo, out. Yeah, which is <laughs> and be, he didn't really take him out. The guy tried to punch Superman and it broke and, his and own broke arm. Broke his arm. Yeah, and so yeah, Superman probably could have taken this whole thing on by himself very easily. By the himself. league did not need to be there, <laughs> but you know, the league is there. But so. yeah, and again, they 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 needed to segue from something yeah I like that uh, this version of Justice League that Williamson decided to go with is in constant like somewhat in continuity with the Justice League of of the current run yeah right because you got uh, Kendra Saunders you got Johns Johns John Stewart Mira from Drowned Earth so this makes sense Uh, and he he did a really good job writing this particular issue. Of course, it's coming off of the uh, 
sort of that heroes in crisis timeline. Yes. Um, but so far so good. Yeah. It's a part one. So any any indication of how many parts there are? I think four. I want to say four. Okay. The last time they did the button was also a four parter. Right. So I want to say this is something close to that. Right. Uh, and also, um, because I don't read solicits too far ahead. Yeah. Um, but Tom Keen did state he stated on Twitter he was missing two issues, and then coming back. So uh, naturally, I feel like this would be four parts. So yeah. So Williamson could be writing the first two, and then they'll team up together to write the next two. No, no, no. He's 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 writing the whole all four. So it's gonna be uh, Batman, Flash, Batman, Flash. Yeah. And Williamson was supposed to write Flash, and Tom King writes Batman. Yeah. And because Batman was busy, <laughs> Williamson stepped in and just wrote all four parts. Okay. Okay. I yeah. see. I see. So I see. he's just gonna write the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. It t- take some time off, man. Yeah. Enjoy yourself. Well, he but he's working on other stuff. Yeah, but I mean, enjoy yourself while working. <laughs> and while working on other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so this story is is interesting because it. It stares a very dark Batman in the face, and he he almost comes off just like really not Batman. <laughs> yeah, and I I think the biggest thing is because this thing is coming off in the middle of the nightmares arc, and in nightmares Batman is very broken. Yeah, but in a different way. Batman yeah. is Batman is broken and confused. This one is Batman is kind of like. It's almost like he's really just, off his just off his game, off his game, and just really angry because well, of the things that are happening in 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 relation to heroes in crisis. Exactly, right? And so it's a very jarring look. I think it's it's a Batman that's that's obviously distraught, right? Yeah. It's a Batman that is very distracted by what's going on in Heroes in Crisis, but that's also not very Batman you know what I mean like yeah. he's forgetting things in his utility belt um, which was the main thing like I feel like that's not something Batman would ever do mm-hmm. like, he, like he would never call Alfred hey uh, can you make sure you refill my, my utility belt like next time like, yeah it, it, that's, a, that's a thing he never misses yeah he would never miss that right and he's not getting any sleep which is again like it's just I mean maybe Batman would do that but I would feel like once he realizes it's it's affecting him on a day to day basis then he would try and get some sleep (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but yeah like it's it's still Batman but it's not Batman it's weird yeah it's really weird yeah I'm not quite sure how to really put it like it's it's like a shadow of Batman Right, right. You know right, what yeah. I mean? Like yeah, a budget yeah. Batman. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then the story moves along to the Flash Museum. And obviously an attack happens. And uh, Batman is there saving some people. And then Flash shows up. Uh, but Batman's all, you know, obviously very distracted about what's happening in Sanctuary with uh, what happened to Wally West. Yeah. So Batman is there with the Flash. And Batman, you know... And Flash sort of like reminds him like there's still stuff for us to do, not just to catch the guy, but like yeah. the people need us yeah, and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, right? Yeah. Um I felt like it's a it's a good reminder that Flash and Batman they're a lot of these heroes are, are very different. Um and you can see the compassion come out from the Flash. Yeah. Right. And and that's probably what Batman is sort of upset about the most, is that 
part of that is missing now because Wally's gone. Yeah. Right? Um, so you see that happening. Uh, they're having that conversation. And then Batman sort of lies to to Barry yeah. about why he was here. And then Barry finally says, like, you know, like, I'm done with the lies. Yeah. Like, I'm done with the lies. Just tell this us what's going on. It's a very different Barry Allen. Yeah. It's a Barry Allen that... Uh, He's, he's not. I mean, they're both very different, like you said, right? Yeah, they're, they're both very different from the way that we know them. Uh, but I feel, I feel more so Barry than mm-hmm. than Batman, in my opinion. Like this is like, this is just not typical Flash behavior to just be so serious, right? Yeah. Uh, other than when. He was obviously saving the the citizens and putting a smile on because he felt like he had to, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but aside from that, like this is uh, this is not a flash that we see very often. Yeah, right. Yeah, at all. Uh, I don't think I've seen this flash since uh, uh, Rebirth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The, the the first Flash Rebirth in two thousand and uh, two thousand one nine nine. Yeah, one <laughs> <laughs> two thousand nine, I believe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> two thousand one. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it's just uh, I. I like what they're trying to what they're trying to do in this story, in a sense that they're is they're reestablishing the idea, um, for Batman that he he wanted he wanted to find a replacement because he wanted to continue to bring hope to the city. Yeah. Um. And so right now he's talking about how he he wanted. He wanted to stop Claire. Yeah. Um, because I, I feel like he feels responsible for it because of what happened to Gotham. Uh-huh. So now he's sort of feeling responsible for Gotham Girl as well. Batman, I feel like he's just... He's reacting this way and he's especially upset about Wally because they, they resemble something very similar, which is yeah. hope. Yeah. Right? And it's... Just, it's just a weird time to bring this up now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, here comes... Vin Diesel's back. Vin Diesel's back. Vin Diesel's back. Um, just, yeah. Just uh, roaring. Uh, at, at the same time, like, it, there's also... I would also say that there's not really a good time to ever bring out a, a standalone story like this. Right. Yeah. It, it, you never just call, no writer is ever going to go, oh, wow, yeah, this is the perfect time to do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they're just going to write what they want to write. Uh, so, with that being said, uh, you know, this story just essentially had to come out when it, whenever it was going to come out, sort of yeah. thing. Right. Uh, it's obviously not in, in, in continuity with, with anything that's happening in terms of major runs right now mm-hmm. right i mean you could argue heroes in crisis sure but again like this still has really nothing to do with heroes in crisis right yeah so nothing um it's using that setting it's using that setting but the, you you won't see this particular story be referenced back in heroes in crisis mm-hmm. right it's just not going to happen so um no right time for it but at the same time it, it at least it's out and we can enjoy it for what it is. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of what the story is is going to go for. Yeah. So 
the big reveal for this issue. I don't want to carry too far into uh, the comic. We feel like we've covered a lot of ground with this book, but the big reveal of this book is that Claire, Claire is trying to bring back Gotham. He, he was never dead, according to this <laughs> issue. She, they just kept him alive with oh, like this with sort of serum. Bane serum thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so well, yeah, I know. Well, number one, I want to know what that actually is that's keeping him alive. Yeah. Uh, Steroids. And well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how long he's been in that? Well, he's obviously been like that since they beat him down. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a while. That was a while ago. That was like. 20s near the end of 2016 almost I Something believe like that, yeah. because uh, because I that remember that was the first arc I remember yeah because yeah that was uh, Fan Expo 2016 yeah yeah that was when uh, Tom King came and uh, signed all of her books <laughs> <laughs> and this was the first arc yeah so, yeah, so it's, it's, arc, it's, yeah. so they wow so they've been putting this in the back pocket for a long time now but I wonder I wonder what the point is at the end of it. Like, are they truly going to bring him back? I don't know. I doubt it. Yeah. Because obviously, I mean, it was a it was a good reveal, but it wasn't a reveal where everyone's go, "Oh my gosh, he's back." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. anybody really cares about Gotham. Yeah, the, yeah. The character. Yeah. Right? I, I will say this though, Gotham, Gotham represented something new to me at the time when he when he came out. But does he still represent something new to you? still does in the sense that they haven't tried it again in the main Batman line. So what I mean is there's never been really a super person in Gotham. Yeah. The city, right? (laughs) Take it easy there, buddy. (laughs) There's never been a super person there. But this was the idea that Batman thought he can hand off the reins to somebody who has the ability, who has the power to do something greater than what he could, right? Yeah. So when when Gotham was first introduced, I thought that was a crazy idea. I thought it was not a crazy idea, but like I thought it was a really good idea yeah. because it, it pushed it in a different direction. And then, you know, obviously we talk about like the corruption that eventually happens all the time with the people who are there. And if you're not careful and stuff like that, and there's always a price to it, right? Yeah. And I think this arc called the price of justice really I feel like is is what what is the price to achieve that justice and this is the price and Gotham right now looks miserable yeah right? and that's the price he was paying to gain the his ability so that he can try to do good yeah right so I'm I'm really interested to see where it goes and you know just like sort of yeah I, again like this is one of those stories where you you're just gonna enjoy for what it is yeah and that's completely okay right um I'm a really I'm a really big fan of the story um, as it is so far. Yeah. Um, but again, keeping in mind that it's really just got nothing to do with the main run. And as long as you, as long as you're okay with that, because I know there's going to be some readers for sure. There's going to be some readers out there um, that are simply not going to enjoy it based on the fact that it doesn't continue the main story yeah yeah for sure and that's fine right that's your thing right mm-hmm. uh but if, as long as you're okay with that then this is a good story and, and you really should enjoy it for what it is yeah for sure i'm interested to see where it goes 
Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So let's. Uh, oh wait. Before I wrap this up, actually, I thought about this earlier. I never ended up giving out the creative team, so I just want to give the creative oh, please, team yeah, a shout please, out. Please, please, please. Uh, so Batman number sixty four is written by Joshua Williamson, art by Gillam March, colors by Tomomori, and letters by Steve Wands. Never want to miss that. Thanks for that, brother. You know. Thanks for. I make sure you give everyone it's their you know their the rightful due, the rightful credit. Okay, so awesome, my dude. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for dude. All right, book number two. It is Green Lantern number four. Is written by Grant Morrison with art by Liam Sharp, colors by Steve Olaf, and letters by Tom Orzechowski. For sure, this was a Green Lantern issue. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's got all the, it's got all the 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 great Grant Morrison stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. AK, it was confusing, but you, it it summed itself up well at the end. I think. I I think so. I think so. And I I don't know if they're going in the direction of this whole how Jordan Renegade thing again. Um. Seems like it though. It, it seems like it, and I I don't know if that's like I'll say this like I don't, I don't know if that's the story that, that I he's trying to tell. Uh, yeah, I, first yeah, I don't know if that's the story he's trying to tell because yeah. it could be a complete inside job thing that he's trying to go in and mess something up. Yeah, but also at the same time, I feel like I don't know if that's a story that I care about right now. I, Only because it's been done. So so yeah. many times over and, the course of so many years. <laughs> yeah, and there was the big renegade phase during um, recently, actually during uh, Venditti's run. Yeah, not from how Jordan and Green Lantern course, but from when he first took over Green Lantern. Yeah. Um, there was that. So then, but for, it was also like that in the Green Lantern corps too. Yeah, the the, the most recent Green the Lantern how, corps. How Jordan Green yeah, Lantern yeah, corps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was kind of like that too. So, I, I just. I just want to see him with other Green Lanterns beating people up. Yeah. Like, and 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 that's why for me sometimes it's tough to get into um, Hal Jordan as a character. Yeah, for me, because it's so easy for writers to sort of default to that to a renegade phase, to a yeah. renegade phase, just because it's so easy. That's just who Hal Jordan is, right? Uh, but <clears throat> there's only so much of that you're you're willing to read where you before you're gonna go okay like maybe you want something a little bit different and that's why uh, the first like five or six issues of um, Green Lantern Rebirth were was so good to me right with uh, with Jesse Cruz and Simon Baz yeah because it was refreshing right to read finally read a Green Lantern. Or Green Lanterns that were, you know, different from yeah. Hal Jordan. Not to say that there weren't any other runs that existed at the time with different Green Lanterns, uh, but s- certainly in in uh, in sort of like the the more mainstream uh, titles, mm-hmm. they were different. Uh, I mean, past issue six, then that's another topic to discuss <laughs> later. But um, again, it was just something refreshing, and I and. I, I hope that this is not what's going on yeah. in this run as of now. Um because it certainly seems like it's it's going in that direction. Yeah. Uh especially um now that he's been sort of put on house arrest by the Guardians. Yeah. Right? So I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> because 
him I felt like what was really good about Jeff Johns' run yeah. on Green Lantern. To me, that's still kind of like the gold standard. I, I feel like um, it's it's still the gold standard for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah. And because that run was him being reinstated as the Green Lantern. Yeah. Right? And then he's... There's this huge mythology being built around him, um, being built around the Lantern Corps. And... And he's caught in the middle of it, and there's this big epic thing going on. But there was never really, like, he's really atoned for it. Like, he's really yeah. trying to atone for what what he has been, what he has done before, yeah. you know, as Parallax. So, I I feel like that it was a big superhero epic. Yeah. Right now, what I'm getting in Green Lantern is I feel like there's a there's a bit of an identity thing happening for me where. He's out trying to do cop things, right? Right. And there's all these other craziness happening, and he's out there trying to right these wrongs. And then he kills one. He yeah. kills a person. He's trying to he's trying to do these cop things, but not doing it in a cop way. Exactly. And yeah. when when I first picked up when I first picked up the run, it was like, okay, it's him out doing cop things. <laughs> I'm actually kind of down for that. And yeah. then we're, we're thrown right back into this renegade trail. Just another Hal Jordan story. Yeah. So, <laughs> I I don't know. I, I'll I'll give it to Grant Morrison, given the fact that like it, I still feel like this issue is pretty well paced. Yeah. Um, a lot of things were like unfolding, and Hal Jordan doing what he can to save his fellow lanterns. Then he gets sort of like rightly slash wrongly prosecuted. Yeah. Rightly prosecuted because yes, he did kill something. Wrongly because. This is also a theme that we'll talk about later on in Daredevil. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. And I and I think that I, I think that idea works better in Daredevil than it, it does worked, in it, here. Yeah, it worked actually better in that Daredevil issue one than it did in this issue. Be, because and the reason why for that 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 isn't again we'll we'll get into more Daredevil as we get to Daredevil, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but. Daredevil as a hero is more constrained in what he can do, more restrained in what he yes. can do as yes. an individual, not only as an individual, but <clears throat> also within the environment that he's in. He's mm-hmm. just more restrained in yes. what he can do. So when he's faced with a dilemma like that, it's more impactful. Yes. Right? Whereas in Green Lantern's like, well, you're a space cop, so... <laughs> You're not like he could have. He could have restrained him a thousand ways to the sun. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, he, but instead he just chose to kill him. Yep. And to me, that's like, well, why? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So I, I feel that there's obviously more to the story. I hope I'm wrong in the sense. I hope I'm right in the sense that uh, I hope. Well, I went. I went from I hope I'm wrong to hope I'm right. <laughs> I hope I'm right in the sense that uh, that there's more to the story and that and that Hal Jordan didn't actually kill this guy. And no, no, Hal Jordan for sure killed him. But I hope there's more to the story in a sense that Hal Jordan understands like the gravity of what he's done, of what he's done, and that and he's out to sort of prove a point. Yeah, and that he's he's made. He's understanding the consequences and and is, is exactly like you said. He's out to prove a point. Yeah. 
I don't know. Yeah, but like, to, to, to me, truthfully, this was not the run I thought. Or at least this was not the arc I thought that was going to happen. I did not think they were going to go down that right away. I don't away. even know what the arc is, to be honest. Yeah, right now it's because it's very confusing. Three it's very different jumping. things have happened so yeah. far in these four issues. Yeah. Right? So I'm not quite sure what's really going on. Yeah. Um, because the these four issues so far really have had nothing to do with each other right other than because issue one continued continued the sorry issue two continued the story of issue one and then issue three continued the story in issue two and then now we have this issue which is starting another completely different story yeah and that issue three to be honest like to, to me didn't really continue much yeah like it was just like a thing on its own again there's a lot of they introduce a lot of new concepts and a lot of new characters but, a lot of new supporting cast but very difficult to, to to sort of absorb it yeah because it's just being just thrown at you so fast yeah right and I actually found myself like it it happened last issue too and this issue I paid I guess I just paid more attention to it yeah I felt more like Every new term he threw at me, I was just like, Ugh. yeah, like it's just another term I have to live with trying to understand. Yeah, and and I can understand why it's being done that way because imagine you're just watching a movie. Yeah, right. Um, that's essentially what this is, right? You're just you're watching an event unfolding right in front of you as a reader slash viewer um and uh, what's the, what's the sort of the right way to say this it's almost like <clears throat> watching a star wars movie but not as a star wars fan if that makes any sense yeah right like you're just there and you're just witnessing something happening yeah but then when they throw those terms at you just like what is this yeah yeah but again it just it's happening regardless of the fact of whether you know whether you know what's happening or or not Mm -hmm. right like like Grant Morrison is just literally here to tell a story and whether you as a reader understand the terms that's going on in the story or not is I don't feel like he really cares about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as long as you sort of understand what's happening sequence to sequence, that's an, I feel like that's enough for him mm-hmm. um, to tell his story. And then it's up to us as readers to sort of dive deeper into these terms if we want to and whether and if that uh, information exists or not. Yeah. 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 And that's just... Yeah, like it's a different. You, uh, you, it's you, a you hard almost, read. You almost have to be a different kind of reader in order to understand this <clears throat> and this story. Yeah, right. Like you can't read this comic the way you would read any other comic, mm-hmm. right? Because most other comics will will give you um a a, a back, some background information to what's going on and even if they don't they'll they'll write they'll put in some annotations in which you can sort of refer back to right. another issue 
if you so choose to, so fully understand what's going on, right? Right. He doesn't do that, um, <clears throat> because I, a lot of it is a lot of this is brand new information, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, you have to be a, a different kind of reader in a different kind of mindset to really understand what's happening in this in this story. Yeah. Which is which is tough, especially when we go through, say for example, this week we go through five out of six issues, which is which we read like a normal comic book, and then we and then we go we get to an issue like this, and it's like oh well, then you have to adjust the way you read, which is tough, right? Yeah. So, yeah, like for me, that's that that's kind of this book for me. I don't really got a whole lot else to say. Um, the artwork's nice. The, the artwork's amazing. <laughs> I, I'm I'm a huge fan of Liam Sharp. He's like he's proven he can he can do some really epic things. Mm-hmm. But this yeah this book is just it's hard to follow along on. Um, and I and I hope things start getting tied together more in the coming issues mm-hmm. because they're on issue four now and I have no idea where this arc's going. Yeah. So and that's usually even if an arc this is, is like an six arc. issue. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So well yeah. We'll see how that pans out. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough. It's it's this is a tough. This has been a tough read. So, all right. Uh, is there anything else you want to add to Green Lantern? Not really. No? Yeah. Okay. Um, so then, why don't we go and move on to the next book, which is Justice League number seventeen. It's written by Scott Snyder with art by Jim Chung on pencil, Jim Chung, Mark Morales, and Walden Wong on ink, Tomomori on colors, and letters by Tom Napolitano. Fantastic issue, yeah. Fantastic issue. Love uh, I mean, you you mentioned uh, last either last week or a couple of weeks ago, which as I know is a big time frame, uh, <laughs> 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 that they were going to uh, bring back the uh, the Legion of Doom stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which they did, but I definitely was not expecting them to to bring it back in this particular way. Yeah, right. Um, this this new lore now that they're writing uh, about Lex Luthor and the relationship now that he has with Martian Manhunter, like I am, I love it. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, not only does it add a bit more depth to Lex as a character, because now he's just not out trying to do whatever, right? He's not just out there just being a bad guy, mm-hmm. right? Now they've introduced this concept where it adds a bit of depth to him as a character. And now it's sort of, now it's going to be unclear about what his motives are going to be for doing certain things moving forward. Mm -hmm. Right. And having that little bit of uncertainty is always really nice. Yeah. Because it it sets up for uh, some nice uh, heel turns. Yeah, in the future of the issue, some uh, top anime betrayals, <laughs> some top ten anime betrayal stuff, <laughs> um, and and even more so the fact that um, that Lex hid uh, is hiding that information from the rest of the of the Legion. Yeah, right. Whereas <clears throat> uh, Martian Manhunter came came clean with the League right away as soon as he got back. Yeah. He's like, guys, I should have been more more upfront about what I was doing <laughs> <laughs> like a teenager that got caught <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I like and that part actually to, to add on that I really liked Batman's response to it 
was yeah. just like, did it work? Yeah. Because I think Bat- Batman, for the most part, um, is is a, he's very strict about the things that need to be done. He's very, you know. But he's also not one to be. Exactly. Uh, and he's also yeah. very understanding. <laughs> yeah. And for, you'll see it a lot with, with Batman's character. Yeah. And I think this really outlines it, where it's just Batman knows what needed to be done. It's not like he's going to be out there trying to stop yeah. Martian Manhunter with yeah. what power. As long as he knows <laughs> what your intentions are, Batman's cool. Yeah. Right? He's like, just like, did it work? And that's all. Because there's because he knows that there's a bigger problem at hand. Yeah. And he knows that Martian Manhunter is just out there to try and solve it. And yeah. that's it. Right? So, yeah, for Batman to to react the way that he did, it's it's the it's the best reaction, yeah. right? Because because he he knows what the intentions is, or intentions are. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my English is not so good today. <laughs> um, I'm I'm just still hung up on Lex. That whole reveal was just. Yeah. I knew that was. As soon as I saw the kid with the red hair, yeah, I was like, I knew I was like, okay, this this got to be Lex. Yeah, but what's the relationship now? Yeah, right. Um. I'm I'm hoping that I'm hoping that Lex is able to find more information into his past because now that's just got me super curious. Yeah. Right? I wanna know what the how this relationship between him and, and Johns Johns is gonna develop. I want to know um how much of his past has been sort of removed Mm -hmm. and does this mean that Lex has uh, some really powerful latent telekinetic powers now no he never spoke telepathically yes he did that was because Martian Manhunter initiated it did he though he told him to do it I don't know man because because remember Martian Manhunter also said when the uh when the quarrels is that what they're called? Yeah. Uh let me find that source. Jaro was there to to block something. Right. Uh but he said um uh, sorry, Quonars. They're called Quonars. Oh yeah. Uh Quonars. there's a specific panel and I apologize for sort of holding up this discussion here. No, it's all good, man. Uh, but there's a particular panel where he go, where they, where the Quarners find them again, right? Yeah. And then he goes. Uh, Victor Zell finding the. He Quonars. goes here. It is. Here it is. Oh, I was gonna just start uh, he, he, so This is right time. after um, he reveals the information to Lex. Lex goes. I said, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and then punches him. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then. Uh, and then Lex goes, no, the corners. And then and then Martian Mander goes, it's our psychic energy. They're locked onto both of us. Oh, okay. So to me, that tells me then... Because what other reason would they have to experiment on Lex? As a kid. Not just because he's smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like there's a bit more to Lex now as a character... See now, there's there's just so much mystery, right? Yeah. Like, does does he have telekinetic powers? Is he, what's he gonna do with this information? Like, that's what made this issue for me so exciting, right? Because now you're adding to depth to a character that's so unexpected, mm-hmm. but does so much for the story at the same time. 
because Lex is now is the head of the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Right? How does this information change his intentions? How does this information how will this information fester as the issues go on? Right? Like there's so many mysteries, bro. All mysteries. My dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I I'll say this though. If what you're saying is true about Lex having some sort of psychic energy, yeah, or psychic abilities, I'm I'm not sure how on board I am with that because for me, Lex because that changes the character too much, too much. Yeah, Lex, Lex is relatable to me in the sense that not not in like the super genius sense because I am nowhere near that. Yeah, but he's relatable in the sense that he is a human who is who does not trust. Who does not trust an alien to come and soup away all our worries? Right. So he does what he can to try to open up people's eyes to the truth that eventually, if Superman wanted to, he could just wipe the earth. Mm-hmm. Right? So for me, Lex has always been a compelling villain in a sense that his his villainy is against his own lack of trust. Right? And he is constantly doing all these things because he wanted to prove a point. If he has psychic energy or it's some sort of psychic abilities, then to me, he is now no longer relatable because he's just well, like one of well, the super guys. But he could also just do a very Lex thing and just know that he has these powers and he still doesn't use them. But right? see, that's not, that's, that to me is not Lex because he uses everything he has to, to, their fullest but, potential, but, and that's that's Lex's genius is that he he's constantly trying to do everything. Right, but maybe he doesn't use it because it's it's it goes against a lot of his a lot of who he is. Yeah, right. Like he's he's done a lot of the things that he has with that chip on his shoulder. Uh, that that chip being, of course, the fact that he's really smart and he doesn't need powers. Yeah. Right. So maybe, maybe, maybe he he turns his back on on the powers based on that fact, right? Like it's still to me that's a very Lex thing to do, right? Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this this issue certainly changes things, not only for the story but for the characters, right? Like how is now how does Martian Manhunter now treat Lex? Right, Mm -hmm. like, is he going to go against the Legion of Doom with that same fervor as the rest of the league? Because now it's revealed that they were very good friends when they were when they were young, right? So, how does that change Martian Manhunter and and how he goes about things against Lex? Right, before he would have fought him no problem. He still might, but now we know that there's a history between these two, and and it can. It it can change the relationship, right? Like, yeah. it, it, there's just so much to think about now, yeah. <laughs> right? And and it, it just adds that extra bit of depth and element to how they can tell the story now, mm-hmm. right? Now, I will say this: reading those panels again, I I get what you mean with this whole our psychic energy thing, mm-hmm. but I think he's strictly referring to the fact that they're psychically linked because mm-hmm. he was telling him a story through his mind. But we'll it see, does man. it does open. Yeah. I do think him whether or not he has it or he doesn't both can generate a pretty good discussion. Yeah, and 
depends on the reveal later on. Then yeah. I guess that's the direction we'll go. But um, to me, reading that, I feel like it's because they were just linked at that moment. Yeah. But yeah. Um, one thing I do want to bring up is he he's telling Lexa he can he can make these decisions, right? Yeah. And you know you you can join you can join us you can do this um, you can still stop this whole thing in motion and you know it's up to you if you want to to accept those memories and stuff like that right yeah so batman goes did it work um and he says like he only hopes that some part of what he said got you know got through to lex uh-huh. right however a part of me because i feel like this is such it's such a new thing they're introducing for yeah. lex and they're getting a psychic to go and tell him mm-hmm. There's a part of me that feels like, what if Martian Manhunter generated these thoughts to try to push it into Lex, right? To try to convert Lex onto their team. And it could very well be that, right? Um, However, that'd be a very unethical thing for it's a, it's to an, do. It's it's obviously unethical. Yeah. Uh, and it could it could very well be that. I don't think it will be. Uh, I think it's to. I think this particular issue. Because especially with the last panel, last two panels, right? I think it's there to lead you to believe that perhaps maybe something is Something's festering in back. Lex yeah. is Lex is uh, sorry festering in Lex's head, but then Lex is just gonna do the Lex thing, right? And and just continue to be quote unquote the bad guy in the end, right? Mm-hmm. They're gonna lead you to believe he's he's maybe changing. And then he doesn't change, <laughs> and and I feel like that's perhaps the direction that they'll go mm-hmm. because I don't see any reason to change Lex. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, it's it's good to add some depth. Obviously, they're going to use this later on because I feel like Perpetual will ultimately end up being the ultimate villain. And the Legion, as well as the League, will have to work together to mm-hmm. to defeat Perpetua. And they're just sort of planting the seeds as to how it's going to happen. Yep. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of things that they can do, right? Like, perhaps maybe Lex and Martian Manhunter will do the fusion dance and uh, <laughs> create that ultimate warrior they were talking about, right? <laughs> Earlier in the issue, as well as um, last uh, the last annual as well. So a lot of things. This does open up a lot of possibilities for how they can tell this story, and mm-hmm. and I will be satisfied either way as to how they decide to tell it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it has gone into to me more interesting territory now yeah. than just them just continuously punching. Yeah, yeah, for um, sure. So this, yeah, this does open up some really cool stuff for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so why don't we wrap that up? And let's go to our next book. And it is Young Justice Number Two. It's written by Brian Ben. Uh, Brian, I was just I was just gonna up to skip out his middle name, Brian Michael Bendis, which I guess skipping you out middle really name is fine. You can really just call him Brian Bendis, <laughs> you know. But yeah, he's he's known as Brian Michael Bendis, so let's go with yeah. that. <laughs> it's art by Patrick Gleason, Emanuela Lupacino, and I think that's how you spell uh, pronounce her name. But anyways, uh, and Ray McCarthy on ink, uh, colors by Alejandro Sanchez, mm-hmm. and letters by Josh Reed. Uh. I really liked it. I did. I really liked it. Um, I really liked it in a sense that I, I think 
Bendis really brought the type of charm um, that's missing in a lot of these superhero books. He he really brought that that fun, ecstatic um, energy yeah. into this book, mm-hmm. and he did that a lot with uh, with some new heroes in Marvel. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. a lot of those were received very. Has some very polarizing reception. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed a lot of what he did in Marvel. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed a lot of the new heroes that he brought in Marvel. But there were some people that didn't react the same way. Yeah. So he, he brought that similar energy here into Young Justice. And I feel like this book... This book is a good example of why they wanted to bring Bendis and give him this new imprint line this wonder yeah. comics line for him to sort of do his thing he can bring a new generation of heroes um and, and really give them a chance to shine yeah you know um and for me that this book is just like it's the definition of that and i really enjoy the energy of this book yeah like when you really think about young justice as a comic as a run the ultimate thing you have to keep in mind is that with young justice they they're they're younger heroes so a lot of what they do also sort of hinges on the fact that they want to have a good time doing it mm-hmm. Be- as as young heroes would want to do yeah right so as long as you keep that in mind then this is going to be a really 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 good story mm-hmm. if you don't keep that in mind then it, it can it can come off really like not superheroish if that makes any sense right yeah yeah, yeah. because uh, a lot of it right now is still this, just them setting setting the story up setting the team up too. yeah setting the team yeah. up exactly right so i mean they don't even know each other really <laughs> other the only the exception would be uh wonder girl and robin they're the only ones that know each other yeah aside from that like it's Again, it's just a bunch of kids that are having fun. They haven't even gone back to um, the Flash or Kid Flash meeting up with Connor Kent yet. Yeah. Uh, and at the end, they make a mention of that in the uh, yeah. the title. What happened to Connor? Connor well, I was hoping to find out this issue. <laughs> uh, and again, yeah. So like I said, if, if you can keep that in mind, then this is a really, really fun issue to read. Yeah. Um, so just don't go into a story like this with that Justice League mindset. Yeah, for sure. And I think this whole, uh, I do believe this whole imprint line uh, for Wonder <coughs> Comics really just encapsulates that. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the fun energy of, of comic books. Yeah, you know? exactly. So. Like, it, you're, you're reading about a fun team from the ground up. Yeah. And you're not, as a, as a reader, especially as a brand new reader, you're not you're not going to get a lot of that, right? Even when they rebooted uh, uh, DC with Rebirth and they tried to introduce, reintroduce a lot of those themes, mm-hmm. um, you know, hope and and you know, things of the like, right? Especially coming off of the New 52. Yeah. You still didn't get a lot of this. You know what I mean? Like, it, there still wasn't a lot of this, even when they tried to make it a bit more lighthearted. So to to be able to read something like this where you can just enjoy it is really nice, 
really yeah. nice where yeah, you don't yeah. have to look too deep into what they're trying to say it's just nice to just enjoy that's why that's why watching the show is so good yeah because you could just enjoy it yeah <laughs> all right yeah not being tied down to anything yeah you just enjoy the show and and i'm glad that uh just like you mentioned that this is the energy that they're that they're bringing into not just young justice but the whole sort of imprint line in general right mm-hmm. um there's a, a lot of really funny interactions that happen here mm-hmm. sort of like classic bendis humor yeah yeah um and i think <laughs> it's really well done um they they sort of really poke fun at the fact that nobody really knows wonder girl um, <laughs> it's, which is you know it's it's true <laughs> yeah and it's hilarious i love it right right when they go into the part where she's fighting um um that uh, that demon and um he's just like i don't even know who you are and he's getting kicked in the face <laughs> um and he's just like, get off me. I fight Justice Leagues. I don't fight, you know, I don't fight people like you. Yeah. And then she like just punches him totally in the face. Smokes <laughs> totally smokes him. Totally smokes him. And then even like the, the cop that shows up is like, yeah, I don't mean to be rude, but uh, which one are you? <laughs> <laughs> but I also feel like, come on, like the obvious, the, the, the costume's got to be a dead giveaway. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. you look at the costumes, okay, well, she's some sort of wonder. Yeah. <laughs> girl (laughs) if i use the same naming convention as wonder woman yeah wonder girl makes sense right so i feel like it was i feel like it was that was funny and i think they they did a good job of putting that in i feel like maybe they should have designed her a little differently in that moment then because come on you look at her as like well you should she's some sort of wonder for sure No, to, to me it's even funnier Really? Yeah, it's even funnier because like it's a dead giveaway, yeah. and they're still like, mm, I don't know, because <laughs> then they're just making the, the civilians just a little bit too stupid, in my opinion, right? But it's still funny regardless. Yeah, but yeah, you know, it's 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 really well written, and then the guy shows up, uh, who turns out to be the Almighty Zeus. Yeah, um, her her grandfather. <laughs> that entire. Sp- Two, that entire two-page spread, I think, is the funniest thing I've, I've read in a in a little bit. It's it's <laughs> it's so teenage. <laughs> it's such a teenager problem. <laughs> yeah, like, oh man, just right away she's like, "Hi, Grandpa, Grandpa, Pop, Pop. How about the Almighty Zeus, <laughs> King of the Gods?" Um, and then. Uh, <laughs> he's like come give grandpa a hug and then she's like who died <laughs> she's like what's what's going on here why are you here why are you talking to me <laughs> I haven't seen you <laughs> and then they're talking and then she's like um, she's like this is the first time you've come to earth to visit me grandpa and then he's like almighty Zeus is fine <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> his sass is so funny like <laughs> As you would expect from the Almighty Zeus, exactly. <laughs> oh, it, but it's yeah, it's so well written. And then uh, they they get into this conversation um, about giving her her uh, the, the, her birthright, basically yeah. giving her her powers, something that will unleash further powers from her gauntlets. Yeah. And uh, she goes and talks about, um, you know, wanting to earn her place, mm-hmm. right? Because I think um, that this is this is going to be a story about a lot of heroes not. Under, not knowing their place in the universe or not knowing their place in superheroism and this is a, a way for them to earn their spot and 
if that is where we're sort of going with a lot of these heroes, I feel like that's it's going to be really good to see because I, I, same I, thing with Teen Lantern. Right? Oh, like, Teen Lantern like, is the bigger one, right? Yes, yeah, because absolutely because Teen Lantern is one of those characters that is completely out of left field for this particular issue. Yeah, even even this Wonder Girl, I'm not familiar with this in Wonder Girl. I'm used to like Donna Troy, right? Yeah. So, um. So I feel like yeah, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of that with these characters. I think maybe with the exception of Robin. Yeah, Robin yeah. Connor. Yeah, because they're they're established Bart. as their characters. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um. Even Bart, like I'd still expect some of that because he's got bigger shoes to fill. Yeah. Right? Like you're talking about going against two of the best flashes in all of history. Yeah. Right. As your mentors, so you've obviously got a lot of sh- uh, like big shoes to fill yeah but but robin connor like they're just very much they're, they're very established heroes. yeah right like how many how many uh sons of batman and superman comics have there been yeah <laughs> right not that that's who they are but but that but their archetype has been yeah has been done over and over and over again right so yeah. i feel like those two characters are probably the exception yeah for sure but it will still be very enjoyable to read yeah well because it just it seems more fun and casual in this run yeah like right away from the beginning there's like the two guys who was like two or three guys who were like plotting something super evil yeah and then comes Robin riding a unicorn yeah <laughs> <laughs> totally the takes him out just takes him out <laughs> and and that's like the fun energy from this book I, I was really enjoying reading it yeah um, and that and that was the thing and I think a lot of books now are you enjoy reading them in a different sense. I enjoy reading a lot of the, um, a lot of books that like a lot of comics that really make you think. You right. Know? And I think right. Batman for me is a big example of that. Mm-hmm. It every issue makes you think about something different. Makes you think about, um, m- makes you think about different psychological things too that is mm-hmm. going on with Batman as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like Heroes in Crisis makes you think about our own personal awareness of you know of mental illness and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that generates really good conversation. This type of book, absolutely love because it's just having fun, and you're reading it, and you're just enjoying the ride. Yeah, you know, and that's and that's I think what a lot of books are missing as well. Yeah, like I, I like that it's done in this particular style, right? Because when you watch a show, you want to enjoy it the same way. Yeah, right? exactly. Especially yeah. Uh, Young Justice. Um, but yeah, like again, it's it's. I mean, there's not gonna be a lot to talk about, but it's gonna whatever's there is to talk about. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. I I'm definitely looking forward. There, there's to... There's so much funny banter. In oh, this book. oh, yeah. I'm just reading through it again now. It's just like, wait, you know who Beast Boy is, but you know who? <laughs> yeah, who I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then Teen Lantern gets up, and Teen Lantern's like, okay, cool, Wonder Girl. <laughs> And she's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and then they're like flying around in the car and then comes the uh, unicorn again, knocks him out of the air. <laughs> this adventure is going to be, it's going to be something else. Yeah. And then. I, uh, I really want to learn more about Teen Lantern. Yeah. Like where d- did she come from? <laughs> yeah. Where did, where did you come from? <laughs> um, yeah. But then at the end, you know, Lord Opal. <laughs> Lord Opal, <laughs> Lord Opal of, of Jamworld comes through. Very well illustrated, I thought. 
very menacing looking. It kind of looks like uh, I'm not sure if you've seen Castlevania. Yep. But he looks like Dracula. From, from that from series. From Castlevania yeah. in that series, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw it immediately. I was like, oh, I was like, oh my gosh. Dracula. The almighty here. Dracula. <laughs> um, Someone quickly get his son. <laughs> <laughs> Someone get that Lucard quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that blew my mind, eh? Just want to touch upon that real quick. When I used to play, um, I remember I played Castlevania Symphony of the Night on the PS1. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the first games I got on the PS1 when, mm-hmm. I, when I played it. Mm-hmm. And. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. This, this like, sort of, like, pale-looking guy, Alucard, oh, he's such a hero. Yeah. He's going around killing everything. And then someone, I forgot when, someone pointed out to me, he's like, you know, Alucard is just Dracula spelled backwards. Oh, I didn't even realize didn't that. Realize I that? didn't realize that. Alucard is Dracula spelled backwards. That's sick. And then I sat there, and I'm like, just, like, my mind you completely You literally just blown. blew my mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you literally you didn't just know? blew I didn't know. Dude. You you just spelled you literally just spelled it because because Alucard it sounds it like just, a real word. It's just like a real. Well, it sounds like, like a real. Sounds name. like a name that someone could potentially have. Yeah. So you don't even think twice about it. It's like Alucard, cool. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, but now that you've mentioned it, because you would never think otherwise, right? Yeah. But now you mentioned it, yeah, but that's you know more. I'm gonna message my friend right now. It's like well, hey, maybe after the it's show. It's like, hey, did you know? <laughs> did you know exactly? Did you know? Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. So listeners, if you didn't know. You're welcome. <laughs> now go back and play those games or go back and play Symphony of the Night, which I still believe is one of the greatest games ever made. I love that game. I think Castlevania as a series yeah. was, was that really good. That series is really good. Symphony of the Night is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I thought they had like somehow up a little bit when they brought it to the PS4. Yeah. No, same game, just put on the PS4. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know if I w- I'm going to go back and play that. But, you know, if they even up even a little bit, oh, for sure. I'm gonna totally play that again. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna be. It's gonna be a bit of a culture shock going back to yeah. like those game yeah. mechanics, though. Yeah, a good thing like the way that our style is doesn't really get old because that's yeah. become sort of a style on its own, right? Um, so that that part's okay, but yeah, I, I think the controls. I, I don't fully recall the controls, but I, I feel like that might annoy me. I don't know. Well, obviously because it just won't be as polished, right? Yeah, it's gonna yeah, yeah. be a bit too dated. straightforward. Yeah, it's right? gonna feel dated. Like but anyways, yeah, Young Justice was, uh, yeah, it was a good issue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, so you know, we'll, we'll see what happens when he fights Dracula. <laughs> or when they fight Dracula next issue. Gotta get Alucard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so why don't we wrap up the conversation on Young Justice. Let's go to Daredevil number ones, written by Chip Zarsky. I feel like that's how you pronounce his last name. Art by Marco Cicchetto, colors by Sonny Go, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Uh, I liked it. Yeah, I I really uh, it's the only thing I didn't like about it was just it it just goes into sort of that that default where you it just tells you the background story of of Daredevil, but it's like you've Mm. you've seen you've seen the background of Daredevil, you've read the background of Daredevil a hundred times. Like I didn't feel like they needed to do that. Yeah. Um, if anything. I feel like they should have went into more about what happened to uh, Matt Murdock previous to this story, um, as to why he's taken the painkillers. Because obviously you're not you're not you're if you're coming in new to to this series, you're not gonna know what happened to him before. Yeah. Right. So, 
for them to keep referencing uh, what happened to him before but not really go into detail about it is a little frustrating um, however I feel like the way that they tackled the main theme of, of the story was really well thought out mm-hmm. um, and they and they were able to bring it to the forefront without making it too sort of obnoxiously in your face like oh look how deep we're thinking guys <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they they do bring about the idea um, what, what it is to be a vigilante right um, what it is to sort of take the law into your own hands um, they talk a bit about whether or not it's it's right or it's okay to use violence as a way to justify ju- you know justify your actions mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. right so in that sense I, I do feel like the background that they were giving into how Matt Murdock came to be or how, you know, like his younger days especially and sort of going through the phases of yeah. each part of his significant part of his life. Yeah. Having all those things happen at the church and having him learn and adapt to a lot of the, the teachings that are that he's having. Yeah. I I feel like it was important because mm-hmm. it led to it it leads to a very interesting conversation about the existence of Daredevil. Um, right. In a sense that Daredevil really is just a man trying to do right by the city. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, when he finally comes back, he puts on the red costume and he's going around the night. He's like, I just want people to see me, know that I'm here. Right. Even right. though I'm not super polished, blah, 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 but know that I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, obviously, uh, big spoiler about what happened in this issue. But at the end, <clears throat> Um, of that whole fight where he tries to stop the the thing he ends up killing the guy yeah so they they reveal that the guy suffered intense head trauma and ended up dying right so he didn't kill him on the spot but he's he couldn't be saved and he died later on yeah and then when you and then you're just kind of like how did that happen well it happened in a particular panel where he pushed him so hard and he hit his head against a wall and he sort of just slumps, right? Yeah. And for the rest of the fight, he's only fighting the other two guys. I mean, you don't notice it, right? Because they do a really good job of sort of masking it within the action. Yeah. Um, so that it's not made immediately obvious as to what he did, right? So the reveal at the end obviously then becomes a bit more impactful. Yeah. Right? Because he's not even aware of... Yeah, he doesn't even know. Yeah. He doesn't even know what's really happening. So, it's I think it, it's going to bring a really interesting conversation about whether or not that's truly accepted vigilantism, right? Yeah. Um, especially with now this idea that Mayor Fisk is going around sort of trying to arrest all superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's it's I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily something new. Yeah, I mean I, it's 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 a topic that's that's been dealt with time. I mean even in yeah. the Daredevil TV show they yeah, yeah, it, yeah. W- w- remember his ideals versus the Punisher's ideals mm-hmm. right that's exactly what it was yeah right uh, but now it's sort of but now they're sort of condensing that sort of ideal within Daredevil himself right where he really is sort of become that extreme form of vigilante and how does he now deal with with that moving forward 
because we've because the the now that you mentioned the earlier stories being important, now that sort of makes sense to me because he he's he did that earlier in his life. Mm-hmm. Right? He broke into somebody's uh, was it house? Yeah, he broke into someone's house just to get something back for a person that was cheated out of something. Right? Yeah, baseball cards. Yeah, so now we know that that's sort of who he is, and now the question becomes: Does he? continue on that path or does he become more of a like a hero hero mm-hmm. right um which is of course <clears throat> something that heroes always deal with but just not so blatantly right yeah and they they really they touch upon something here too which is the idea of the law of god versus the law of man mm-hmm. right and that because we exist in the realm of man we uh, we abide to the law of man right right so it it calls into question of whether or not you know do do you push on to continue to do and believe in what you think is right mm-hmm. in the face of contradicting laws protecting something else right right um because ultimately <clears throat> breaking and entering is illegal yeah. Right. Stealing something back is illegal, no matter the justification. So, I think moving forward, there's going to be a lot of that conversation, especially mm-hmm. because this first issue, the the repercussions of what he did to try to stop the robbery. Yeah. Is the man died. Yeah. So, at what point does it make vigilantism okay? Yeah. You know. So, that's. Yeah, that's going to be touched upon a lot in this run, and um, I hope they don't go too far with it. Yeah, but it is going to be an interesting way to start the run. I also feel like um, I also feel like a, a lot of the. I feel like there's going to be a sub theme as well, right? Is there is there sort of a middle ground um, with crime, or is it really just black and white, right? Mm-hmm. Like, once you do a crime, you automatically deserve this punishment, right? Because when you let's let's look at this for example. I know that uh, Daredevil obviously didn't intend to kill the guy, but it was really like it even says so here: simple break and enter. Though it doesn't appear to be much of a break, mm-hmm. so all they really did was just get in, take cash grab a couple bottles and leave they didn't even they didn't even break anything within the property yeah right so really this is a very 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 minor crime in comparison to what can actually happen in hell's kitchen which we know is a lot yeah. <laughs> right yeah, yeah, yeah yet these guys got brutally beaten and one of them got killed yeah right did they truly deserve that as 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 criminals right they're criminals but did their crime really justify what happened to them? Justify death, basically. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. that I feel like that's going to be a, a reoccurring sub theme as well, mm-hmm. and um, we'll we'll kind of see how that sort of gets explored as well. Mm-hmm. And and I think it was pretty powerful at the end too. Um, you know, it's just him passed out. Yeah, he doesn't even know what he did. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's that's I think the danger of it as well. Like he's out 
truthfully, he's a blind man trying to apply justice. Yeah. Right? And sometimes <clears throat> things like this can happen, but the repercussions of it could be so grave. So I, I think it's it, it was a pretty powerful thing at the end where he's just he's just laying there covered yeah. in blood. Yeah. And he's just resting. Doesn't even know he killed a man. Yeah. Does you know? he truly understand the the consequences of of what he's doing? Of what he's doing. Yeah. Right? It's yeah. This is this is certainly going to be a um it's going to explore some deeper themes, but I feel like they're going to do it in the right way where it's not too deep, where it's too overt. Mm-hmm. Like, sort of like the way that uh, Tanahasi Coates' uh, Captain America run is, is sort of going. Right? It, it's unfortunate that it's going in that direction, but <clears throat> yeah, I feel like if, if Daredevil does it right, then it's still going to explore themes, but in a way that's not too in the reader's face yeah right yeah um and they're they're making they're making these references towards you know in comparison to his vigilantes act to jesus yeah what he did Mm -hmm. right and i i feel like there's going to be more of those comparisons right and it will really draw on you to what do you truly believe in and are those beliefs now justifiable action right so right and really who cool. are you to pat to and who are you to enact those actions upon other people mm-hmm. right like Jesus did it because he's the son of God right you are just a man mm-hmm. and and you know what are the consequences of you as a man doing this yeah for sure Lots of things. <laughs> but I am very excited for this series. Very good first issue, I think. Very, very, very good, good first issue. It established what it needed to establish. It established a good backstory and added sort of important layers from his life. Still seeing how Matt Murdock came to be. Um, and it added those important pieces, important conversations that leads to why that ending was so important. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm very excited about mm-hmm. the series moving forward. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Let's go on to our last book, which is Die Number Three. It's written by Kieran Gillen, art by Stephanie Hans, letters by Clayton Cowles. Um. Uh, hmm. What do I What do I say about this issue? What do you say about this issue, Victor? What do I say about this? Because there's a lot going on. Um. Well, there's two main events going on. It's actually a lot, but I feel like there's there's a message here that gets lost within the issue. Okay. If that makes any sense. Okay. I feel like they were aiming for something and then it just ended up being something that just happened. Right? Okay. Like this story with this soldier. Yeah. And and his wife and his children. I feel like there was a point to it and then at the end you you sort of miss that point okay does that make any sense yeah yeah but what what did you think the point was though i don't know i that's why i don't know what the oh, point was okay you know what i mean right. because i see what you it mean it could have been skipped and and the story would have remained the same in my opinion mm-hmm. you know what i mean because like, it's just like oh cool they're fighting a dragon and then it went from fighting a dragon to like 
please spread a message to my wife. <laughs> it's These like soldiers in yeah. the war, and it's yeah. just like, whoa, whoa, what's what? How, how do we get here? <laughs> and again, I I feel like I sort of maybe missed the point of this issue entirely, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it's just me, because you obviously have a better sense for this stuff. But. <laughs> well, not not necessarily. I I feel like for me this issue, um, it's. What I ended up ultimately getting out of it is she's talking about, Ash talking about the fact that she doesn't need to use her words to tell a sad story here, mm-hmm. right? And this is this is the type of world that, that's being built. Right. Right? And and maybe that was the point. And, if, and it's just more setting up of the environment. Yeah. And I was maybe just too focused on the characters. Right, and that could have been my problem reading through this issue, but I, it was still a good issue. Don't get me wrong; like I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the dragon sling, awesome. Giant birds, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I feel like uh, maybe for me that there needs to be a bit more context for what's going on in the story relative to what it means for them to try to uh, what it means to them trying to get home mm-hmm. I feel like that is sort of where I'm at in terms of in terms of this story at the moment and maybe I sort of need to sort of step back away from that and embrace the fact that they're now just in this world and I now need to read the story in context of this environment Mm-hmm. As opposed to how are they going to try and get back to this world sort of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? For me, the, the interesting part came when that guy came. Um, uh, what does she call him? The maker? Uh, the, the... Oh, she called him the... Uh... When I think I'm... Oh, I think I met the master of this realm. The master of this realm. Yep, that's the one. Yeah. Um, and it's just it, it. I'm just sort of like spitballing idea, mm-hmm. because for me, for me, it this war portion of it is so is so taken out of the setting of this place. Yeah. Right. But something that the realm master said that was interesting, and he's talking about how allegories are ugly. Yeah. But poetry, poetry is poetry. War poetry, especially, mm-hmm. it's it's poetic. Yeah. Um, but I think this situation of it that's happening in this little trench part, um, and what she's seeing in here is supposed to be a representation of the type of world they're in. Yeah. In that, um, you know, the 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 constant feeling of missing home, the constant feeling of dread and stuff mm-hmm. like that but mm-hmm. but he's talking about how this whole place is an orcish mockery of my elvish tale yeah which tells me that this portion of it is an anomaly yeah right this portion of the story is an anomaly it's just and it's, and it's, it's contained within the this space that they're in exactly yeah. and it's and to me when he called in a mockery and it's basically just he he wanted to create this world where people um, needed 
to to come up with solutions there's a bunch of these dark things happening but there's always hope yeah and you know and that's like ultimately that's that's dungeons and dragons Mm-hmm. When you play Dungeons and Dragons, you you go you willingly go into dungeons. You willingly fight dragons. Yeah. Because ultimately, at the end of it, your goal is to win. Your goal is victory. Your yeah. goal is the other side. Yeah. Right. This portion of it, this war imagery, this poetry, feels like it's just a mockery of the setting. It's a mockery of the setting that everything is dreadful. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately those soldiers don't go home yeah right there's no hope for them there, mm-hmm. there's no winning for them and at the end when the bird takes the message and then they shoot down the bird and burn the message anyways there, there's no hope there's no other side for them mm-hmm. they there's no redemption for them and then it's and, just a continuous cycle yeah and in D D, there's always the redemption right mm-hmm. unless your dm decides to be a, just a just a major bad guy <laughs> and just send you through hell but I feel like that's kind of where they're at is that the well, realm master here wanted to create this setting wanted to create a game wanted to create something where people work together to finish a goal Yeah. but this setting and I think what he's saying is kind of what soul has created here is just a mockery of that Yeah. he's missing the point of it He's created this world and he's stuck in this world and he's missing the entire point of why they built this world in the first place. Yeah. So I think that's kind of where they're going with this story, um, with this issue especially. Mm -hmm. And she ultimately tells the guy a story, something to make him sad, which powers him up and he goes and slays a dragon. Mm -hmm. And then she says, I don't need to use my words to tell you something sad. This whole whole situation is sad. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. And there's just no hope for it, and that—that's what I got out of the issue. Which is interesting because when you really think about it, if there's no hope, there's no story to tell, mm-hmm. right? So, and it just ends up being this endless cycle of hopelessness, right? Because even even the soldier mentions himself, like my great great grandfather, my my great great whatever. He, he keeps going on and on about all his relatives that have gone to war have never come back. Yeah. It's now just the same. It's the same hopeless story over and over and over again. Yeah. Right. And perhaps that was to add to the point of 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 this mockery that the uh, realm master speaks of. Right. Yeah. Um. And also, Sad Hulk is very. I, I think that's what I'm going to call him now. Is just Sad Hulk, and like every the sadder he gets, the more powerful he becomes. <laughs> He's not regular Hulk. He's just sad Hulk. Sad Hulk. <laughs> Emotional Hulk. <laughs> and that's, yeah, and that that's sort of where they're really trying to get with the story. And that's, I think, also why Saul has been stuck here forever. Is he? He's missing the whole point of it. Yeah. He's missing the point of why something like this was created in the first place. Yeah. Why? Why a world like this exists? Yeah. Right. Um, and he's just he's just out to keep everybody here. Mm-hmm. Right, so mm-hmm. it's so in a way, it's like a a meta. Yeah, it's the meta of the meta. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you don't want to make me sad. You won't like it when I'm sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I I really like this issue. It took me it took me a little bit mm-hmm. to get to that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it took me until now until you explained it to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just my interpretation of it. It yeah. could be wrong. It could be completely wrong. But that's when with that presented to me, that's how I'm taking it. And that's kind of it, it took me a few reads, I think, to really think about like why place this setting here? Right. Right? But then why have the Realm Master coming in talk about orcs and elves? Yeah. Because this is obviously a World War World War One slash two story. Yeah. So it's it's the analogy behind it. Yeah. Right? It's the it's the poetry behind it. It's the comparison. And that's where he's getting at. Mm-hmm. So took me a little bit, but I was like, okay, I think that's kind of what he's saying. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. a fair analysis. I think it works works well with the story that's trying to be told here, right? It's a story to try and explain the story. Yeah. Which is actually really good now to think about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the meta to the meta. <laughs> yeah. So, re- yeah, I I enjoy this issue as, u- as usual. The art is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> It does bring that sense of dread with it, and uh, it, it paints a pretty vivid picture. I just hope that they get to go home because this story gives you the sense that they might not get home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, uh, again, it's part of the. I think it's just telling you the other side of, of how this may turn out. Yeah. Which I hope it doesn't. <laughs> it's sort of foreshadowing how this whole thing's gonna turn. Yeah. Yeah. And some characters, I don't think they mind being here, like Chuck. But, but I feel like Chuck is the kind of character that just doesn't mind being anywhere. He's just gonna keep going. He just yeah, because yeah. it's because it's Chuck. Yeah. Right. Like he, he's he he's 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 found his happiness in in who he is. Yeah. Right. And not necessarily by where where he's at. Right. As he enjoys who he is, and and he's gonna enjoy being who he is wherever he goes because inside of the game and outside of the game he's the same guy yeah when you really think about yeah, it yeah right so so he's found his his happiness and if he dies he dies and he doesn't care <laughs> right <laughs> yeah alright so anything you want to add to die number three I want to see more cool powers okay more <laughs> when, sad hulk when um more sad hulk <laughs> I, I I'm really intrigued by um Oh, why did I close the issue? Uh, I'm really intrigued by... Um, uh, and I know I mentioned this last time too. Um, Isabel's power. Godbinder. Okay, yeah. I, it's just... I want to know... Like, what is like the extent of her... Uh, sort of... Uh, like... Roster of gods. Mm-hmm. It just seems like every time there's a different one. And there's like... Different things that they do. It's... It's for really me, cool. For me is I wonder at what point does it backfire? At what right, point because she has to keep making deals, yeah, right? At what point do they all collect? And that's mm. that to me is that to me is like the ultimate kick where it's just like when when do they need it most? And then the gods all say we're here to collect. When do they collect and what are they collecting? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So for me that's the most intriguing part. But for sure like it's it's a very interesting character. Such a cool power. That's a very interesting <laughs> character. Yeah. Though I don't like the back. I don't like the uh, sort of the uh, the what do you call it? The the consequences of the powers. But it's a cool power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So why don't we go ahead and wrap up discussion on comics and uh, let's talk a bit about that coffee that we've been having. Yeah, it's a bit a bit of a longer segment, but it's, oh yeah, uh, I think it's what been like an hour and a half. 
hour and a half, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but this coffee though, very good coffee, very good coffee, very fruity, very fresh, mm-hmm. uh, even cold. It's it's good, but um, I think it's like when it's warm though. There nothing again. It's I think this is the second best coffee we've ever had. Mm-hmm. But so far, I know we've been sipping through it. So far, what are you uh, what are you getting from this coffee? Right away, the, from the smell. The taste is like I get a little bit of it, but mainly from the scent, mainly yeah. from the smell. I got a little bit of that sort of like oolong tea okay. type of thing. Okay. A little bit. I'm getting like peach. Like the peach is so strong. I like it. There's almost no doubt in my mind that there's peach in this one. Okay. Um, I'm getting like there's like a bitterness to it. Like um, see that that bitterness is what also gets me to. St- to feel like it's a bit of oolong. I feel like it's like a bit of grapefruit in there too. Okay. Okay. Like I just taste it. Like it's just there. Like it's very strong. Like this one is like, you know how it's like for us it's like difficult to like guess. Yeah. This one's like it's to me it's, it's all there. super obvious, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sweetness of the peach, the the bitterness of the grapefruit, like I for me, I mean if I'm wrong, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I got to go reevaluate. But for me, like, those are my two answers. All right. So why don't we go with that? Um, peach, let's grapefruit. go peach, grapefruit, oolong tea. Oolong tea. All right. Let's see what we got. Peach. <laughs> black tea. Black tea. Oh, and, hey. And grapefruit. Get out of town. Yeah, man. Grapefruit is there, too? Yeah. Dude. Uh, we just nailed it, bro. Dude, we're three for three. <laughs> we just nailed it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and we it's have so funny. Never gone three And it's so three. funny because, like, when I was drinking, I was like, you know, it kind of tastes like like a peach tea. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a mm-hmm. peach, like uh, like a peach black tea is what I tasted. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. sure. It's like you know, you you take away the sugar, that's what you get. Oh man, dude, that's what. Oh, this is so good. Dude, <laughs> we have never gone three for three <laughs> and with such like determination too you're just like there must be peach and grapefruit yeah this. it has to be like, i just it's immediate and i'm not sure if that was a result of like to, it's just crazy because it's like how can you produce a bean that produces these particular flavor notes so strongly yeah you know what i mean like yeah. Normally, when you when you have a coffee, it's like okay, it sort of tastes like this. It sort of tastes like that. It's like nah, this is exactly what it is. And it's like, how do you make that? I don't know. I don't. I, it's a mystery to me. <laughs> Listeners, if you are familiar with roasting process, or if you're familiar with how coffee's made, well, coffee beans, I guess, um, and you would like to <laughs> enlighten us on this information, just, you know, let us know. Shoot us an email, content at Uh You know, just or like send us a quick link. We would like to go learn about it. You know, because just, it, it is intriguing. I'm just happy that that we did it for three for three, my friend. I'm just happy that we went three for three, finally. Yeah, and we can say we did that before one year. Yes. <laughs> yes, it, it didn't take us one year to do it. Yeah, almost, but not we quite. Were so close. <laughs> you know why? Because listeners, next week is actually our one year, our anniversary our, episode since our uh, first episode went up. Yeah. So, yeah, we almost went a full year without going three for three, and we finally did it. 
Props. A hats off to myself and to you. I can't actually take my hat off because yeah, uh, but you got, got headphones, headphones on. on but, uh, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. It's just, you know, you just take off the uh, proverbial hat. All right. So um, why don't we go ahead and wrap that up and let's go on to our boardroom and let's see who we've got waiting for us. Outside of the humble heroes agency, I think office. Uh, I think we got some special for for our for, for our next meeting. Got some special, but anyways, well, like for the humble heroes, yeah. Oh, you'll you'll find out. I Let's, thought you meant like next week. No, 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 no. <laughs> for well, this is technically our next meeting, right? But so. Let's just hop in there. And, There's so uh, much meta going yeah, on. Yeah, you'll this. you'll see what I'm talking about. All right, cool. Let's go. And we have arrived at the boardroom where we will meet our next candidate for the Humble Heroes Agency. Victor, who do you got? What? Oh, um, <laughs> today we have a special treat. Oh, I forgot to say ding when we came up. Uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we have a special treat today. He goes by the name Blue. Our own version, like a budget version of Doctor Manhattan. We'll just we'll just put it that way. He, <laughs> like he's he's very budget. <laughs> like it literally just looks like a guy who like is wearing one of those like morphing suits. Okay, but yeah. then just dipped it in like glow in the dark blue stuff, fluorescent <laughs> like blue. fluorescent blue, and then decided to have just anime hair. Yeah, he's uh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like young Dr. Manhattan. With the yeah, hair. like 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 teenage Dr. Manhattan. Like a teenage rebellious Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> so, here's his history. Blue's real name is Richard Wikes. Before gaining his powers, he was a scientist. Okay, some similarities here. Richard arrived to work late one day, but his friend was quick to dismiss it as they had found something never seen before. A shining blue gem. He ran a few experiments before determining its sole function was to serve as an energy source. When leaving his work, he realized his house was trash and his wife and children had been murdered in what seemed like a burglary gone wrong. I know, it's just like, whoa, it went to 100 real quick. <laughs> he became so depressed that he skipped work and soon decided that he would be a human guinea pig for more experiments on the blue energy. He went into a coma for around a year. How did this happen? <laughs> before waking up with completely blue skin... And the ability to create anything he wanted out of this blue energy. Still angry at the man who killed his family, he decided to put the powers to good use to fight crime. It his story just it just escalates. (laughs) (laughs) He just went to work and then came home and his family was dead. (laughs) D E D dead. And it's just and then boom, coma. And then and Wake up, Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan. Just budget Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> Powers and abilities. Can create constructs with blue energy. Can alter anything made out of blue energy. He's a skilled weapons fighter. Why do you... I was going to say, why would you need weapons? But I guess he can just create weapons. Yeah. With okay. blue energy. Yeah. Blue lantern. Above average hand-to-hand combat. Okay. And flight. 
Oh, yeah. All right. So he's like, you get him in a cage. He's like, okay. <laughs> he's like, all right. <laughs> so he, it seems he's going to rely heavily on his blue energy. Okay. Equipment. Oh, well, of course. Weapons and equipment created with blue. Okay, so that answers my question. Weaknesses. Anything that negates blue energy. But so I feel like that part, anything that negates blue energy, is basically the whole. It's like the same thing as like the Green Lanterns were scared of the color yellow. Yeah, just not fleshed out yet. But like, but once it's yeah. fleshed out, I feel like it could be pretty interesting. It's just gotta get fleshed out. Yeah, just what negates blue could be asparagus. Could could be anything. <laughs> so we're saying green negates blue. Yeah. Like he just steps up some grass. Ah, <laughs> my powers. <laughs> I feel, what? What if that was truly the case? Then that's a pretty big. Well, he has flight though. It doesn't matter. He doesn't have to step on grass. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. He, he can just flight. fly over grass. He just fly over grass. Exactly. Yeah. So you know what? I feel like it would be nice to have our own Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I I think. Uh, this is a, a for sure he's accepted. Yeah. He he was accepted as soon as he walked in that door. With bl- just blue. Just blue. It's he just shows blue. up. He's like, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, fully accepted. Like, right he, like he's literally just blue with like Goku hair. Like yeah. Super Saiyan 1. Super Saiyan. Goku like- hair with no volume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just picture that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> no volume, <holy> it's <laughs> So, Blue, welcome aboard. The you, Humble Heroes you, Agency. You're going to get your union card in the mail soon. Union dues are every 15th of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a direct deposit check thing and... Uh, <laughs> And we'll be good. <laughs> Welcome aboard. <laughs> this is um I know, it's a it's an interesting character. Um, but I feel like he's you, like overpowered but plain. Yeah. He's kinda like one yeah. punch man. <laughs> he's he's overpowered but plain and like sooner than later, like you just gotta flesh him out. Once you flesh him out, then be like, okay. That's why And that, you gotta really separate him from Doctor Manhattan. Yes. Of him course. being a scientist to start is like okay. Like you're sort of going down that same you know, except seeing of course, yeah. but still pretty cool, especially with the hair. He's kind of like, uh, like the Seth Curry to to Doctor to the <laughs> Steph Curry, <laughs> Doctor Manhattan Steph Curry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see we'll take saying. it. We'll take it. Yeah, we'll, we'll take, take it. it. We'll take a Steph Curry. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so I think that wraps up our humble heroes agency um, segment. And uh, we want to put this out there. If you've created a superhero, listeners, if oh, yeah, you've yeah, created yeah. a superhero, let us know. Send us a link. And um, we'll, we'll promote your superhero on the show. Um, or if you have like a, just like a cool idea, definitely talk to us about it. A cool idea about a superhero. Uh, we're always here listening to great ideas for our agency, for our team, for our sort of budget <laughs> Avengers. Budget. <laughs> we're like that Russian movie, The Guardians. <laughs> yeah oh but that movie looks that movie so, was actually pretty good though. yeah I actually really other good. than like the really bad tropes that they included in that movie yeah and sort of the bad acting like it like the idea was cool yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it was pretty cool 
Um, okay, so let's hop on to the Cosmic Treadmill. Let's go see what next week has in store for us. Jesus. <laughs> one sound, man. One sound. Next week, we have Batman Who Laughs number three, Captain yes. Marvel number two, yes. Blackbird number five, yes. Gideon Falls number 11, yes. and a brand new Marvel's Annotated number one. Okay. It's pretty cool. It's, um, I believe it's Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay and uh, okay. we talked about it in our previews. I, I can uh, get on board with that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Um, I'm I'm interested with it. Uh, sort of seeing where it goes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Flash comes out next week. Actually, I should find out. Uh, talk. Say some things while I go and look this up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was one time right when uh-huh. uh, I was in school. And then um, this guy came up to me and he was like, hey, do you want this sandwich? And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll have the sandwich. And I ate it. It was a good sandwich. Thanks, man. Thanks for filling that time. <laughs> the Flash. <laughs> Flash number 64 is also out next week, which we will cover. Yes. Because um, it is going to be The Price Part 2. Yes. So we will definitely going to cover that. For shizzle. Yeah. All right. So I think that pretty much concludes the show. Uh, so we thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Good sandwich. You're trying to say something, <laughs> trying to say something else? It's, no, it was a good sandwich. <laughs> you know what? What kind of sandwich is it? It was a salami and it had um, some Swiss cheese in it. Swiss cheese? Yeah. Pretty good. Com- I, I would say salami. Were there, were there like any sauce? No, I'm, I'm real simple. Like, you know, I'm happy with just cheese and meat. Really? Yeah. Like I find pro- that a little dry. Salami and provolone, perfect. On some on some toast, perfect. Wow. I find that a little dry. I gotta put like a little bit of uh, I'll mustard, jive. mayonnaise, you know, whatever. I'll jive with that. But anyway, sorry, go on. Alright. Yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> uh, remember if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and alongside a whole bunch of other podcast service providers. So remember Leave us a rating. Rate us if you got a little bit of time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you got a book you want us to discuss on the show, or if you got a book that you have on your pull list that you just really want to talk about, let us know. Send us an email. Contact at darkrosecomics.com. If you want to reach us on Twitter, you can find us on twitter.com slash darkrosecomics for the show, twitter.com slash jarethebear52 for myself, and twitter.com slash victorjyoung for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics, and we also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics, and if you want to be a part of the community, you can find our Facebook group at darkrosecomics group. And as always, uh, provolone and salami, really good sandwich. I just add a little mustard. Okay, bye. <laughs>